Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome to The World in 10, your 10-minute guide to global news as seen through the eyes of the writers at the Times of London. Only one place to begin at the moment. Today we ask, can Joe Biden help bring some calm to the Middle East as he arrives into more chaos than ever before? That's the voice of Toby Gillis. I'm Bhavani Vadi. Let's get into it. There's been more bloodshed in the latest horror in the Middle East after a hospital was bombed. Hundreds were killed at the Al-Hali Arab facility in Gaza City and within moments of the tragedy, claim and counterclaim on who was responsible and the number of the dead. Yeah, both sides blame each other. Israel saying it was a misfired rocket launched by Islamic Jihad. To prove it, Israel's Defence Force released what it says are intercepted conversations acknowledging the strike had been caused by Palestinian militants. So this is apparently two Hamas operatives saying, this is the first time we've seen a missile like this falling and that's why we're saying it belongs to Palestinian Islamic Jihad. They go on to say they shot it from the cemetery behind the hospital. The explosion happened hours before US President Biden arrived in Israel. I was deeply saddened and outraged by the uh, explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. And based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not you. But there's a lot of people out there not sure. So we've got got to overcome a lot of things. Clearly laying the blame with Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad there. And that last group might be a new name to you if you're following this conflict. By now, we all know our Hamases from our IDFs and Hezbollahs. So we thought it time for another World in 10 explainer. Indeed, because Palestinian Islamic Jihad is a group in itself, but also has a connection to Hamas. Richard Spencer, the Times' correspondent in Tel Aviv, says there are a few names to know from Palestine. Hamas is regarded as one of the two main political forces. There's the PLO, which has a political arm called Fatah, 
Uh, they are the ruling authority in the West Bank. Uh, Hamas, which was the opposition, if you like, which is an Islamist organization, a break off from the Muslim Brotherhood, challenged them and seized power in Gaza in uh, 2007 after after Israel withdrew its forces from Gaza. Palestinian Islamic Jihad is a more radical uh, Islamist organization, which you know has more close loyalty to Iran. Hamas is funded by Iran, but has some operational independence. So it's an Islamist group that functions alongside uh, Israel smaller than and more radical than uh, Hamas. So a pretty complicated picture. And so has the chance of a major breakthrough facilitated by President Biden now been reduced after this attack? Here's Catherine Philp, the Times' world affairs editor. There are to be three days of mourning in the Palestinian territories over it. So really what is being said in those capitals is is the time for any kind of discussion or negotiation is over. We want to see a ceasefire. Joe Biden flew in to stop any kind of regional conflagration from the conflict in Gaza. And in fact, what he's flown into is anger over what's going on in Gaza, spreading like wildfire. It was interesting that when he landed in Israel, when he went to shake the hand of Prime Minister Netanyahu, and Netanyahu grabbed him in a bear hug. So that kind of imagery in the Arab world, a time when there's so much anger over these civilian deaths, could undermine Biden's ability to act as a, a mediating force. Now you can hear more of Catherine's analysis in the next episode of our sister podcast, The Story of our times and read Richard Spencer's full article with your digital subscription at thetimes.co.uk. With everything ongoing in the Middle East, it'd be easy to forget, Bhavani, about the war in Ukraine. Yes, but today there's a headline in the Times that took our attention. Nuclear war threat... Russia rips up ratification of a test ban treaty. Yeah, if that doesn't grab you, not much will. The treaty being discussed is the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. Snappy. Uh, It was signed by Russia and the USA, Britain, China and France in 1996 and aimed to outlaw all nuclear test explosions. Mm. The Russians and Britain and France ratified it in 2000, but Washington and Beijing's commitments remain unratified even now, and it's that that's angering Moscow. So one of Vladimir Putin's main allies in Russia's parliament is Vacheslav Volodin, who's accused the White House of hypocrisy, saying... Because of its double standards, its irresponsible attitude to global issues, Washington has not ratified the treaty. Washington must finally understand that its hegemony will not lead to any good. Yeah, thinly veiled threat there. Um, Combined with a recent comment on testing nuclear warheads by Putin, it's more than a bit terrifying. Putin says his experts have told him they must test the warhead of a new nuclear-powered missile. And one Kremlin official suggested doing so in the Arctic Ocean because, and this is a quote, it'd intimidate Western countries. Yeah, cancelling their ratification of the test ban treaty would, in Moscow's eyes, give them greater licence to do it. It's not often that an American admits the UK is better than the US. Now, Toby, that's cheeky. It's not what (laughs) Kiara Brown said. Well, let's let the listeners decide when they read her piece. I'm American. I want to marry a Brit and have a child who calls me (laughs) mummy. Because... 
Well, that's only some of the story. So Chiara, who's the commissioning editor for The Times Luxury, discusses her love for living here, comparing the culture, the nature, the dating scene, the food and the clothes. But it's not all just surface stuff, is it, Toby? No, I I mean, I wish I had time to play you the whole chat I did with her because there is so much insight in there. She talked about being able to relax more here because in parts of the state, you basically have to be aware that a gunman might randomly fire. Mm. She talked about work-life balance and general well-being. And then, well, then there was the clip that we're about to play because when I'd read the piece, I balked Uh, This quote, your political landscape is less bleak than ours. I'm not surprised you bulk. The UK (laughs) feels quite divided at the moment. Exactly. But Kiara gave me an angle that personally I'd never thought about. People here have agreed on some of the basic tenets of like what you should want in a society. Whereas in America, we're still stuck on some of those basic things. Like, for example, the healthcare element. I know that the NHS is now kind of up for debate, but I would say that for the most part, you can all agree that people having access to healthcare is an important part of daily life. That's not something that everyone in America seems to be on the same page about. Having good quality public education. That's not something people in America seem to be on the same page about. Guns, again, like we haven't really landed anywhere on that after 260 years of of being. There's always division in politics, but it seems to me like here the conversations are slightly more nuanced because you've gotten past those starting gates. So I'm sold, Bhavani, but I can reveal there were two things Kiara said that might still take her away from her beloved UK. One, missing her family. And and this is also a um, slightly chivalry quote. She said, I'm not sure how many more of your winters I can take. OK, that's pretty reasonable. We're close to running out of time, so we wanted to highlight a couple of other stories to whet your appetite for your next visit to the Times app. So there's an amazing Britney Spears revelation that she had an abortion whilst in a relationship with Justin Timberlake more than 20 years ago. She says she would have kept the baby, but her then boyfriend said he wasn't yet ready to be a father. The piece by Sarah Ditton also analyses Britney's life through the prism of the pop star's new book. We thought this excerpt was fascinating when analysing her difficulties in later life. So it says the fame she was working towards with the release of Baby One More Time was mediated through TV, radio, newspapers and magazines and calculated in CD sales. It would bear almost no relation at all to the fame she did have to negotiate over the next 10 years because shortly after Britney's arrival, the internet happened. She was simultaneously the next big thing and the last star of a dying age. Yeah, really interesting. You can read that piece right now, as well as an incredible example of human endeavour. I love this. Because the sports team is reporting on a woman who won the World Ironman title, ironically, in Hawaii just four months after breaking her foot. Lucy Charles Barkley says the pain of the marathon was nothing compared to the pain she would have felt had she not won the race. Yeah, in the words of her near namesake, uh, Niles Barkley, does that make me crazy? (laughs) Personally, I'd say it does. See you tomorrow.